From a life of addiction to opening his own business, today's guest shares his story from darkness to entrepreneurship. I'm Matt Mowry, co-publisher and executive editor of Business NH Magazine and Granite Media Group. And I'm Christine Kerrigan, co-publisher of Business NH Magazine and chief creative officer for Granite Media Group. And welcome to BizCast NH. So, Christine, yes, it's the, we've gone through the holiday season, end of year, getting the business, you know, that that first year of business wrapped up. Yes, and as wonderful as it can be, there's some stress involved. What? None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is it just me? So it's not just you. How do you handle stress? Because that's something we all deal with, um, and it affects you from mentally to the physical and how does stress manifest itself in you and how do you work through it? Yeah. So, I mean, I have to say kind of my everyday day to day to, to manage my stress, especially if it's nice weather out is I go out and I take a walk. I just like to get outside, get my brain out of it. I put on a podcast or something and, and take it, take a walk for a half an hour or so. Um, and that helps me uh, kind of de-stress, get my mind off of whatever's kind of racing. Um, when I want to treat myself, it's a massage. <laughs> I am, yes. The same yes. Because when I get stressed, it's all in my neck and shoulders. Like mm-hmm. I, and part of it's because I spend so much time hunched over a keyboard, but it just Everything just, I can know when I'm stressed, it's like a burning sensation in the back of my neck. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to be that person who's like, and then I go for a run for the endorphins. And, you know, you've seen me. That is not is what happening. There is stress eating involved. That totally, <laughs> totally happens. And yeah, the, mine is when everyone else is in bed and it's quiet and I have full control over the TV and I do not have to censor what, cause the kids might pop in to see it. And it, for me, it's either comedy that released through laughter yeah. or more often, and this is awful horror <laughs> <laughs> because no matter what's going on and stressing me out in life, the people in that horror movie are having a far worse time of it. And Absolutely. it puts life in perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely also have my comfort TV shows when you're like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just need something that's familiar and comfortable. So it's the office or it's lately it's been friends or yep. it's something like that, that just, you it's, know, it it's comfortable and it just helps you kind of zone out and relax. It's like the equivalent of eating a Snickers bar for TV. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, it is. Yep. It's yep. not good for me, but it's comfort food and I That's like right. it. That's right. It helps in the moment. <laughs> well, I think this is a good way for us to segue into our guest for yes. this week who is helping people with their physical lives that will then affect their quality of life. So I am looking forward to diving into our conversation with him. Why don't you tell folks who we have today? Our guest this week is Nate Lavalley, owner of Flexible Assisted Stretching and Wellness. Flexible's motto is movement is medicine, getting clients to feel better, optimize their abilities, and do the things they love through a combination of movement and assisted stretching. Flexible recently won the Best of 603 Award for Best Gym Slash Fitness Center, and their belief is that recovery modalities are just as important as the movement itself. Nate is not only an advocate for recovery after workouts, but also recovery from addiction. As someone in long-term recovery himself, he is able to share his experience to help clients in more ways than just physically. 
Nate shares about his recovery journey openly in order to bring hope to others still struggling and individuals feeling restricted by their past. So Nate, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. We're excited to have you. We're excited to hear about your story. So let's dive right in. Let's. So first I want to explore the business a bit and then I want to get into your story that led you to entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, we got kind of a, 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 a sampling of, of, what, of the story to come. But assisted stretching, I'll be honest. And, you know, we had the story in our magazine and when we, we saw the press release come in, I went... I kind of get it, but I'm, I'm not as familiar with it. So talk to us about what is assisted stretching and what made you want to create a business around it? So it's a newer concept. Obviously, a lot of people aren't really sure what assisted stretching is. I get that all the time. What do you mean assisted stretching? Mm. Well, you guys were talking about massage and that tension you get up there mm-hmm. in that neck and... Um, a lot of people come in, they're hunched over their keyboards, you know, they have that tension. Uh, a neck stretch is just one of the sh- many stretches that we do. We have multiple neck stretches that we do. We, um, you know, people have low back pain, they have aches and pains all over. Uh, we help them with that. And people know that they have to stretch. So a lot of it is the accountability part because they know they have to stretch, but they, they don't do it. So they, well, and you can stretch wrong. I mean, there have been yeah. times that I've done something and all of a sudden I can't move my neck for the next day. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you can definitely stretch wrong. Um, so that's another thing we do is show people stretches they can do yeah. on their own, whether they're going to do them or not is up to them. But um, but also how to do it correctly. How to do it correctly, how to foam roll correctly. Um, but yeah, it's a newer concept. And the difference between a massage and assisted stretching is... It's longer lasting, the stretching. And, you, and over time, you'll gain mobility, you'll gain athletic ability. It's actually, you'll gain more energy and you'll reduce risk of injury, which is, you know, really the number one thing as, you know, for athletes or as we get older, um, and get, we get hurt. And do you find you have a certain type of client that tends to come in? Do you have kind of one type of person? Is it a whole range of people that are coming in for assisted stretching? So it's a big range. We have, I actually have a, a couple of uh, 10, 11, 12 year olds athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have athletes in their 20s and their 30s. We have runners, golfers. Uh, I have a couple of people in their 80s who are, you know, been retired for 20 years, sedentary, just don't move around a lot, want to gain mobility and, and just feel better. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we help them with that. Yeah. And, and is this people who find you through their own, like they're like, I need some help with this? Or is there a lot of referrals from physicians? Are you part of the physical rehabilitation uh, range of services that people go to? So we do get a lot of referrals. It's a lot of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, there is a, an ortho doctor, I'm not going to name drop, that is really good with that stuff and sends us clients post physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So after physical therapy, they're still having aches, you know, they're still having that hip flexor pain after the, um, surgery. A lot of times it's like scar tissue or something that's still there and they have like an impingement. He'll send 
those clients to me and the stretching and the, you know, movement stuff. We do mobility training and, and personal training as well. All that stuff helps. Um, he sent us maybe 12, 13 clients in the past, you know, six months. And 10 of those clients are, you know, almost pain free now in that area. So it's really helpful with those uh, type of clients. And then chiropractors love us because it makes their job easier. Because if you're super tight and you get adjusted, that adjustment goes, you know, you'll go right back to where you were, where uh, if your muscles are more pliable, then the adjustment stays. Mm. Gotcha. You know? And do you have, um, is it set up sort of like with physical therapy where you have multiple appointments to, to get to a certain point where people reach that flexibility that they're looking for? Or is, it, or is there ever a one and done kind of situation? Um, <clears throat> not really a one and done. We have, we have packages available different. Um, we have a three, six, 12 month package. You can pay as you go if that's something you want to do. Some people do choose to come once a month and it helps. Um, most people come about once a week and there's a package available for that. You can either do 25 or 50 minutes and um, depending on your goals, right? Some people come in, they're super tight. They want to work on strength too. So that's something that we do. So I usually recommend, you know, about 10 sessions per week, um, sorry, per month. Mm -hmm. And so for a three month package, that'll be 30 sessions, um, six month package, 60 sessions and, and so on. So just depending on their goals and, um, you know, what they need. Mm, so like any exercise you've, you, you should be continuing it to make sure that it's being effective. Yeah. And, and the combination has been super effective. Like a lot of times people will go in, work out and they'll just leave and, I truly believe in, you know, the recovery part of it. Um, I'm getting a little bit older. I'm 38, so I'm not recovering the same. You know, I used to just go in, lift weights and leave. Right. And luckily I didn't hurt myself, but I've seen a lot of people who have. Mm. And um, I, you know, personal trainer by trade, I was doing a group fitness class one day and at the end we were all stretching and I couldn't even touch my toes. And I'm like, okay, like that's not, like I should be leading these people, right. you know, by example. Yeah. And I can't even touch my toes. So I started really, this was about four years ago. I started changing it up, uh, stretching more, doing the recovery stuff more, uh, backing off a little bit from, you know, lifting heavy and um, really listening to my body. So now that we have an idea of kind of what your business does, uh, we're all about the entrepreneur journey and we know it's never a straight line. So we, we, we take what we call the way back machine. And so let's travel quite a ways back. So what were you like as a kid? Where did you grow up and what kind of kid were you? And what did you want to be when you grew up? Okay. So grew up in Manchester, New Hampshire, um, born and raised and... As a kid, I was an athlete. We played, you know, me and my brother played basketball. We played football. Um, basketball was really my sport. But as a kid, I was overweight. And, um, you know, this wasn't my passion as a kid. It was more, yeah. you know, I loved food. I loved, you guys were talking about that kind of stress release mm -hmm. thing right. in the beginning. I mean, that was my you know, 
stress release was I, I remember myself as a kid um, standing by the food table in the French onion dip and just going to town because I was just so uncomfortable and so like didn't know how to act. Mm. Um, and so that was my, that was comfortable for me, the food. So from about eight to 13, I was severely overweight and I was uh, um, uncomfortable and just, you know, had low self-esteem and, um, so what turned that around? Because obviously very fit person today. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that was till about 13. What kind of was your tipping point to get healthier and, and to get away from the, those um, eating habits that, that you were working against you? So at about 13, um, you know, in eighth grade at this point, you know, girls are coming into the picture and I just... Um, I had a growth spurt, so that helped. And I just decided, you know, to kind of take control of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there may have even been some, you know, not eating enough things in there. So maybe some sort of eating disorder that I didn't even really know about at the time. Yep. It was more just like, I want to lose weight. And I kind of just maybe wasn't eating enough. Um, but at the time when you're 13 and, you know, I was eating, it was just, okay, like I, you know, I lost literally like 50 pounds. Wow. I went from like 152-ish to 100 pounds in like five, six or something. Wow. And that was over like nine months. So it was probably a little bit unhealthy, but um, as you guys will hear, that's, that's uh that's the kind of the direction that I went was was unhealthy and choices that I made weren't great, but it led me to where I am today. So sure. that's, yeah. So I, you're you've been very open. Um, we've had a story in the magazine about you. It, your story is on your website. You've chosen to be very open about your uh, your life and the fact that. Um, uh, Part of your life involved addiction, and you had a uh, you were in recovery and continue to be in recovery, and uh, were able to overcome and not only establish a life for yourself, but establish a business, which is never easy, no matter what path you've been on. So let's, if you don't mind, explore that a bit. And so, when did addiction start creeping into your life? So, as I said, when I was about thirteen, I lost a bunch of weight and you know, started getting more friends. Like I was getting attention from Mm -hmm. girls and stuff, but I still felt like that overweight kid. I had no self-esteem. I had, um, you know, I felt less than people and not good enough. And, um, I just had those, you know, constant, constantly had those feelings. And I'm like, well, what the heck, how how am I going to do this? Like, this is hard. And then, you know, about, and I went through that for a couple of years. And then at about 15, um, you know, some of my friends like drank beers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like I was just brought up really well. My parents did a great job. And, you know, I think it was, I think I was almost 16 before I even, you know, tried it, tried drinking. And, um, you know, I tried one night and I got drunk. Mm -hmm you know, maybe had three beers or so, four beers. And 
I felt amazing. And I was like, oh my God, this is the answer, right? I, you know, I finally feel like I belong. I finally feel like people are seeing me, you know? And, um, and then I chased that. So that's kind of, that's kind of what happened and it happened fast. So I was, uh, 16, 15, 16 when that happened. And then, you know, I found marijuana and I found pills and, um, that was the time where Oxycontin was a big mm, thing yeah. and there's been a lot of shows about it. I'm sure people have seen, seen those and, um, it kind of ravaged my generation. I have a lot of friends that aren't with us anymore. And, um, luckily I was, I was able to, you know, make it out and that's, and that's why I want to be so open about it and talk about it because I think, you know, when I was going through that stuff in my twenties and we can talk more about it, I, um, had no hope. I was like, I thought this was like my life, you know, it started yeah. with the drinking and then the marijuana. And then once it, you know, once the pills came around and it was accepted, it was like at all the parties and all the cool kids are doing it and all the, you know, it was an accepted thing and I didn't think it was that bad and it got out of hand really fast yeah. and it caused a lot of pain, a lot of trouble for me and my family. And, um, it even led to incarceration. So it's, um, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of pain, but what I believe today is that had I not gone through all that stuff that I wouldn't be, you know, who I am today and, um, and I wouldn't be able to, you know, help others. And that's, and that's why I truly, you know, I want to be able to help others today because if, you know, that's why I went through all that stuff. So what was the point? Um, I'm sure there was a point that you reached that you knew it was time to seek help. So what was, um, what was that point? And then where did you go from there to begin the process of recovery? So, like I said, I, I was incarcerated at one point, um, almost for five years total. Yeah. So from 2010 to 2015, I was incarcerated for nonviolent drug offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened real quickly, I won't get into it too deep, was uh, to support my own habit, I felt the best option was to sell drugs. Mm-hmm. And I sold to someone who sold to an undercover cop and, and I went to prison. Hmm. And, uh, so it was that, that was in 2012. So in 2015, when I got out, it was tough because I had that thought of, you know, how am I going to get a job? Right. How is anybody going to hire me? Like, I'm not a bad person. I had this, you know, I had... These things, you know, happened to me, these, you know. Were you able to get treatment while you were in prison? So there's a little bit of help in there. Um, That's something I really want to get into in the future Mm -hmm. is, you know, prison reform. I think people will listen to a guy like me who's been through it more than 
someone who hasn't. Um, right. I know for sure I would have, you know, I would have listened to somebody who's been through it more than, you know, just say, a, you know, a counselor that hadn't been through it. Um, and counselors can be a huge help. But in addition, I think it's good to have somebody who's, who's been through it and stuff. There are some classes in there. Um, I chose not to really, you know, mm -hmm. do much. I didn't do much work on myself while I was in there, I'll be honest. Um, I guess I wasn't quite ready. Sure. So while I was in there, and it's funny because that's part of my story is that's where I got into fitness. Mm. And that's where I really got into it. Um, met a couple of guys that were really into it. They took me under their wing and, um, you know, I got really passionate about that. That's what kind of, like you, you were talking about the running. Yeah. That's what, you know, was my stress relief and what made me, you know, feel good about myself. You know, yeah. I thought, well, if I'm going to be in here, I might as well, you know, come out, you know, in good shape. And, but my mind wasn't in good shape still. And, you know, it, for people who are leaving incarceration and coming back and getting reintegrated into society, it's a huge process. It's daunting. If never mind having still addiction issues um, that you're contending with. Um, and as you said, you know, wondering and st being stressed about, can I find a place to live? Can I find a job? Will my friends and family embrace me, you know, all these thoughts that must be go through your head that could lead very easily to sliding back mm. and having addiction take hold again. What was that like for you? What kind of supports did you have? And what led you coming out to be able to get onto the path you're on today? Were there setbacks? Was What did it take to get to the point you are at? That was a lot to overcome. For sure, and and I had a I have a very supportive family, um, that was a huge help. I'm sure, uh, but like I said, you know, I worked on my body in there, and I you know, but I didn't really work on my my mind, and I mm -hmm. so when I got out, I still had those same feelings from when I was 15, the less than, the not good enough, and they were multiplied by 10 because now I had been to prison. Right. So I really felt less than, and. What I found was that I had to start doing the next right thing. I had to start walking through, you know, uncomfortable things. Um, because before I would just run away I and mean, I would, you know, drink and do drugs or, or whatever I did to, to mask it. Sure. Whether, it, you know, it was a food when I was a kid and then it became drugs and alcohol. And then at one point in my life, it was gambling and it's, it's, it was always something. So <clears throat> when, while I was in there, they don't really tell you how, right? They say, mm -hmm. don't use drugs. Because most people in there, it's because of drugs. Right. Mm -hmm. They say, don't use drugs when you get out. Or, you know, well, how? How do I not use drugs? Because that's all I know. Right. So... Right. We don't learn by being told, don't do this. It's right. being taught. What are the steps to go through? How do I do right, it? Right. right. So uh, it began with um, Alcoholics Anonymous. That was the you know, first step for me. And it's still a part of my life, but it's not a, a, huge, a huge part. 
But that's a huge step to take. Of course. And, yeah. and so how did you get to the point of saying, I'm ready to take that step and, and to do the steps involved? Uh, it was pain. Yeah. Yeah. I had had enough pain uh, at that point. You know, honestly, prison was not my rock bottom. And I haven't been sober since I got out in 2015. I've been sober for a little over four years now. So it took me a couple of tries. Mm-hmm. So when I got out in 2015, I, you know, I, I, had, I had enough. Um, and I was doing a, a program. I got into an outpatient program and, and started going to Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, at that point, the seed was planted for me. So I saw others getting well. I still wasn't sure how they were doing it, um, but I wasn't open-minded enough and obviously hadn't hit enough pain because I wasn't really willing to do some of the things that these people were doing. So at that point, I had from the end of 15 till somewhere in 17, I had about six months of sobriety. I had a slip up and right away I was like, all right, well, I know that these people were getting better. So <clears throat> got back into it. And then I had about two years. So I got sober. I was about two years sober. But again, I was using those other things, gambling. And, you know, I was sober from drugs and alcohol, but I was using food and gambling and sex and all, and all those other things that make you feel good in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I finally hit enough pain. And this last time... <clears throat> I got, and this is how I did it. I got uncomfortable immediately. And I, you know, asked for help. I, I went into an inpatient treatment center, 28 days. Uh, I went to a sober house. I managed that sober house. I stayed there for almost two years. Yeah. And in the past, I was like, well, there's no way I'm doing that. Like I was, you know, I'd been to prison. I, I did my time. That was my like, and I had that negative, I still had that kind of prison negative mentality. And yeah. the only place that's going to get me is back to prison. Right. So I knew that I had to change that negative attitude and my poor perspective on life. And that was, and, I, and then it, you know, kind of dawned on me. And people have been telling me, that's what I have to change. The drugs and the alcohol are not the problem. The food is not the problem. The gambling is not the problem. I'm my problem. The way, my way of thinking, it was my problem. So I started to do things to change that. And it didn't happen overnight. It was, you know, um, it was more gradual. And I don't know exactly when it, kind of kicked in, but I started doing a lot of work on myself um, and just continued to stay uncomfortable. I think that, you know, was the biggest thing for me and get vulnerable. So basically, if I was feeling some type of way, I talked to somebody about it, you know, one of my mentors or um, a friend or, you know, a family member. And we'll be right back. Do you wish you had a crystal ball to see what 2024 has in store for your industry? Join Business NH Magazine and leaders from 11 industry sectors at New Hampshire FutureCast 2024 to hear what the new year has in store. 
Join us on January 25th at the Dairy Field in Manchester. Find out more at businessnhmagazine.com slash events. And now we're back and uh, we are talking to Nate LaValle, sharing his, of Flexible, sharing his very personal and powerful story from addiction to recovery to entrepreneurship. Um, Nate, there's so much more for us to delve into, and I really appreciate you sharing your story here with us today. So we left off with you talking about what finally worked for you to get on the path to recovery, because recovery is never an easy path, and there's many people, for many people, it's about steps forward and steps back before getting onto the path, right? Yeah. And so um, you not only, you know, took the steps to um, find the recovery path that worked for you, you found a path to entrepreneurship. Can you talk about what led you while you're recovering to think about starting your own business and why this particular business? Can you talk about how, how you managed to do all that you were doing for recovery, which is so much hard work to begin with, to then also at some point coincide that journey with starting a business? Absolutely. Yeah. So like I was saying, I was constantly staying uncomfortable and staying out of my comfort zone. And uh, part of that was I went back to school. So I went back to school. I got a degree in health and wellness um, before I had done mostly construction and, you know, really whatever I could get. And um, I was like, well, if I can't get these other jobs, I'm going to make my own opportunity. So, you know, and that was part of that changing that victim mentality that I had for so many years. And what did you face going out and, tra- you know, cause I mean, part of the recovery journey is being able to stabilize your life. Um, but you have to find employers who are willing to take a chance on you. What was that like going out and trying to find a job and, 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 and get your life in order during while trying to, um, be on a path to recovery? I think it's a lot better today mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the stigma is almost gone. Uh, people know that, you know, everyone knows somebody who's right. struggling, whether it's a friend or a family member or themselves. Um, and doing with doing my business, I found that, you know, sometimes organically we'll get into a conversation where they start talking about a friend or a family member who's struggling or themselves, and I'm able to share my experience and hopefully help them somehow. Um, As far as the job situation, it wasn't easy because, you know, I could have went and got, you know, a construction job or, you know, a sales job or, but the jobs that I really wanted would have been a little tougher. Um, And what were the types of jobs that you were looking at? Well, I wanted to help people, but also make a living doing it. Sure. Um, so when I decided to go back to school, I chose health and wellness, you know, cause I became passionate about that along my journey. Like, like I said, and, mm-hmm. um, I was hoping to help people not only physically, but you know, maybe emotionally and, you know, 
share my experience with them. Um, so yeah, I had, a, I had a hard time with the job stuff. And then I said, you know what? Instead of, you know, in the past, I'd been like, well, poor me, like I can't get a job and I can't do this. So screw it anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think happens a lot is these, is a lot of people, you know, give up because, you know, they have those same feelings that I had. They're not good enough. Um, they can't get this job anyway. This, this person, you know, isn't back in their lives. Their kids aren't back in their lives yet. They want it all right away. And I had to change that victim mentality into a victor mentality and just, you know, everything happens. No, everything happens for a reason. Find the silver linings and things. And, you know, so like I said, I took it. I said, I'm going to go back to school and see where this takes me. Mm-hmm. So um, it took me to working as a personal trainer at another gym. I got a lot of experience there and it was a great gym. I worked there for a year and a lot of my clients. So this assisted stretching, we learned for about a full year. We did a lot of hands-on. We did, we learned a lot about it. Um, it's a contract release method, mm-hmm. deep breathing method, and it's the most effective type of stretching. So I did it on all my clients. They all loved it. And a couple of them actually went to a stretching place down in Mass. And I was like, hmm. And I had never heard of it at that time. This was probably three years ago. And I had never heard of it. And I was like, what do you mean assisted stretching? Kind of the, the thing that I get now. Yeah. Um, so I looked it up. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Like, maybe maybe I could do that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I am. You know, like, I still had those thoughts. And I still, and I still have them all the time. I still have those self-doubt uh, thoughts all the time. And, but the difference is I know what has gotten me better is like staying uncomfortable, right? Staying Mm -hmm. out of my comfort zone and, um, entrepreneurship has been humongous for that. That's, it's been probably the biggest self growth thing that I do today. So what made you take that leap? Cause there's a lot of people that think, Oh, maybe I want to work for myself, but don't take that leap. And once you do, it takes a lot to make it happen. So what made you think, especially in a business that a lot of people, as you say, go, so what is that? What made you say, I can make a go of this. I want to make a go of it. Well, I'll be honest, a lot of faith. And that's something that I've, you know, learned over the years is, you know, the universe isn't against me, right? So even if I fail, What's the worst thing? I'll be back to where I was before. I was I was literally in prison, so um, it couldn't be much worse, you know. So really, it was a lot of faith. And if I failed, there would be so many learning opportunities and so many, you know, things that I learned along the way for the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of why I chose to take the leap. Um, <clears throat> and when did you start flexible? I started flexible, which is F L F L E X A B L E. Yes, A B L E, a little play on words, and um, I so I gave my two week notice at the other gym in May of 2022, and moved into the space in July, um, and then I had a lot of work to do on it. We opened October. 1st of 2022. So it's been a little over a year. About a year, yeah. 
And um, how's it going? It's right now we're the busiest we've ever been. Uh, it was a slow going in the yeah. beginning. It was slow going. I'm a new entrepreneur. I am new. Uh, everything was new to me. So I hadn't managed people before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been an entrepreneur before. Is there something that you think is one of the most challenging things that you've run into as a startup business and as a new entrepreneur? Uh, for me personally, um, it's been managing people, I think, because I started with just me, right. but we got so busy. Now it's five of us and, um, we're actually outgrowing our space. So I'm looking for another one. So, uh, managing people has been a little tough. Um, and finding the right people. That's I think always key. Yes. <laughs> Luckily I have a relationship with Manchester community college. They send me interns, um, who are all knowledgeable in the, uh, this assisted stretching technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, um, my next question is, so this, I'm fascinated by this and this assisted stretching. And, um, I think just, Personally, I need some stretching, so I may be coming to visit. Um, <laughs> but um, so I know we're a year into the business. You're a year into the business. What do you see for the future of the business? Do you have, uh, I know you said you feel like you're already outgrowing your space. Uh, you said you're looking potentially for a new space. Where do you see this, say, five years in the future? My goal is to have a few locations. Um, the next one's going to be at least double the size I want to have almost my vision is almost like a wellness village so you know obviously the assisted stretching the personal training have a massage therapist maybe a dry needler um, ice bass is a big thing today and you know I want to thinking about going north next so Concord area you know lakes region um and then maybe out to like Exeter, Portsmouth would be maybe a few years down the right, road. Right, right. Yeah. It's not cheap to be in that area, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, this is needed everywhere. Yeah. And people are, try, you know, finally figuring that out that they need to stretch. And it's kind of like the best, the best way I have of explaining it is when you go to your dentist or when we went as a kid, they were like, you have to floss, you have to floss. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Like as a kid, you're like, I'm not doing that or whatever. I battle that every day. As adults, we battle that. Exactly. And, um, but then as you, you, you finally learn that, well, flossing's like the most, almost the most important thing. Right. So like, that's what stretching is. Like people go, they work out really hard, lift heavy weights or run, and then they just go home and they, you know, you're going to, going to keep getting tighter and tighter and tighter and then eventually you're going to get hurt or even as someone who is aging myself and now that I'm in my 50s just getting out of bed sometimes you fig- you got to warm the body up before you just start moving completely yes, definitely right. yeah. well i think um this has been a fascinating story thank you so much for sharing your story with us i think it's been very inspirational and i definitely am gonna go home and do some stretches myself and i'm gonna look <laughs> you up and i'm gonna come and visit and get some stretches and congratulations uh not only on the success of the business uh, but on your recovery as well 
Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us today. We appreciate it. So thank you again, Nate LaValle. Nate is the owner of Flexible Assisted Stretching and Wellness in Manchester. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Christine Kerrigan. BizCast NH is a production of Granite Media Group.